Hello, everyone, and welcome to Janky to the Max, a podcast where we talk to incredible creators and their fascinating creations that they create. Today on the show, we have Matt. Hey, everyone. I don't know if I was supposed to say uh, that. But, no, uh, that is yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Clive, did you glitch out there for a second? Oh, usually introduce me first. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I keep forgetting. I almost had six hours of sleep over here, so... You know what? We'll keep it. We'll keep this. Let's move on. So, you want to introduce Matt properly now? All right. So, uh, Matt is the CEO and co-founder of Megabots. It is a startup that brought giant fighting robots from fiction to reality. After challenging and fighting Karadas, Megabots fell into a uh, financial difficulty and had to sell off their collection of giant fighting robots. Though he might be without a robot, the dream is still alive. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey guys, happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, tell us. So, I, I mean, your story's uh, pretty much online, very well documented. What's like the one paragraph breakdown of? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, okay, I'll try to do it in the shortest, uh, shortest bit possible. Um, Started a entertainment company that builds giant fighting robots, challenged Japan to a giant robot fight, uh, ran a Kickstarter, raised some money, raised some venture capital, built two super crazy piloted robots, had a fight, everyone was disappointed, company went bankrupt, sold robots. Oh, oh that's... <laughs> 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 that's it in a nutshell oh. it just it has so much potential though it's, it seemed so <laughs> such a good idea <laughs> yeah so if you so if you're if you're out there watching this uh you can pull up the website megaboss.com yeah. or just honestly you can type you can probably just type giant robots into any search box anywhere on the internet <laughs> and like that will be us i think we're like we're pretty much the the brand name of yes. giant robots on the internet. I can verify that. I, j- I just typed in giant robots, and like the third picture is, uh, I think, the Mark One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You, de- you guys defined it. So, a, a lot of us. I mean, heck, we have uh, GM MechWorks, um, who, who's built, who we interviewed, I think, a couple episodes ago, is building his own giant robot. But how how do you make this transition from? Oh. You know, like I, ha- this is this would be a cool idea, or this is a cool project. How'd you make that transition from that to actually being like, all right, you know, let's let's like, turn this into a natural thing? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it kind of happened over the course of maybe like two years or like a year. But I mean, the short answer is like, uh, my it, it wasn't my idea; it was my co-founder's idea, Guy. Um, and we, boy, so the short story is we were both running makerspaces in different parts of the country. Um, I was running one in Detroit and he was running, running one in, in Boston. And, um, we just had really complimentary skill sets and, um, seemed like we would work well together. So we just kind of had this like gentleman's agreement that like, 
hey, if we come across some like big crazy project, let's like pull the other person in because we could probably do some really cool stuff together. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, Guy Guy was definitely the like he was definitely the one. Like, if you're looking for who was the person who was like, we should build giant fighting robots, uh, that was that guy. <laughs> um, if there's, like, one, like, person or moment that, like, you know, let's take the let's take the plunge, uh, it was him, uh, and he called me up, and, um, you know, together, I think, we kind of came up with this sports league concept, um, together because truth truth be told i think we just wanted to build giant robots and we were like let's just figure out any excuse to make this you know like what's the most convincing thing we could tell an investor that them to hand over money to us uh, the sports league concept and and you know as we um you know i can't speak for gee but like as we kept doing it i think the dream I think we believed in the dream more and more as we worked on it more mm-hmm. and more and we realized like holy shit like this actually it's so crazy it might work um, <laughs> so yeah I mean we were I think in the very beginning it was just like <laughs> man we convinced someone to give us money to do this and like whatever <laughs> like yeah we're gonna build like half a robot and it's probably just gonna go bankrupt and like whatever but like love a big robot <laughs> we'll have a big robot it'll be a great story and then it kind of started working and <laughs> we were pretty surprised like i mean throughout the company we we almost just always had this feeling of like holy shit i can't believe we actually got this far like that's ridiculous <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's a testament to like how how powerful the idea of giant fighting robots is if, if you were even like it started out like half serious and you kind of grew to the same level. Yeah, it's um, it's clear to me if you kind of want to think about the takeaways from the experience. It's clear to me that the demand is there. Like the concept is super interesting. You can yeah. tell pretty much, any pretty much anyone you tell you like. Okay, you know, like, here's the concept. You go to, like, a stadium. There's, like, 60,000 people. They all paid $50 a person to see the robots, like, battle each other or whatever in the stadium. It's a, it's a monster truck rally, except right. there's giant robots instead of monster trucks, basically. Yes. <laughs> or maybe it's kind of WWE-ish, or maybe it's more rules-based and UFC-ish, or I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We, we, no one still really knows. But the concept of, like, going to a stadium and watching giant robots do something awesome is very intriguing to a super wide range of people. Uh, uh, And when you show them the pictures of the robot, it like really, it really cements this idea that like, Oh my God, this is clearly the future. It is obviously going to happen at some point. (laughs) The question is just when, you know? Yes. So have you, I've always wondered this, is it cheaper to build giant robots and fight them than it is to say, um, own and pay for a, like a pro sports team? Like how how does, if you break down the cost, like if you take down the parts and everything, 
is building giant robots more expensive, or is that something you haven't really? Uh... Oh, like how do the budgets compare to yeah. typical pro sports teams? Uh, for sure, um, you know. Uh, the pro- okay, so the price of entry, I believe, the price of entry is like what I'm describing as like okay, you you built a robot, you've got a team, and you can pay to haul the robot around for a year and go to some tournaments. I okay, so I'll just spit out some numbers. Eagle Prime uh, costs us about two and a half million dollars to build. That's like our big bad robot. Um, uh, bad isn't badass robot and uh like i think we looked up some numbers and i think a nascar team's annual budget is like six million dollars or something like that oh oh that is like that is really not that bad and but uh Man, I hope I'm saying that right. I know, um, like a mon- just like a monster truck costs six hundred thousand to build. I think that's what Feld Entertainment told us. Hmm. Uh, we went down to Feld Entertainment. They they own Monster Jam. We like toured their facility. At some point, they were we were they were discussing like buying Megabots. I don't know how serious it was, but we did go down to uh, Florida and talk to the CEO of Feld Entertainment, Kenneth Feld. A billionaire. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we like walked around their crazy facility. Um, all right. Back to the numbers. Yeah. So yeah, monster truck is like 600 K. I think, an, I think a NASCAR is around like a, a million or something like that. And then formula one is like way higher. I think it's like in the like 10, low tens of millions or something like 12 million or something like a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, yeah, and I think uh, you know we could we could work within those budgets. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, of course. Like when you get into the like NFL, NBA, you know, I would guess the majority of the cost is like the players' salaries and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah, you know, depending on how competitive the sport is, um, you can you can spend as much as you want, but. I do think the price of entry um uh, is reasonable. Yeah. Uh the question is the question is like does that get you a robot that is entertaining for the masses? Yeah. I think that's maybe the question. Because isn't that like I mean I I am sure you broke it down in other places but it wasn't that like one of the um like problems you encountered was trying to make a, a robot fight that was actually entertaining and yet, you know, like not, not going to seriously injure the pilots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's hard to make robot fighting. There's kind of like three competing factors and mm-hmm. it's like safety cost. And then, like speed or destruction maybe. Mm. Uh, and so it's hard to get all three of those things at the same time. Um, right. I, and the easiest thing to remove, if I could do it all over again. Oh, that was, that was one of the questions. You're, yeah. You're like... <laughs> yeah. 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 What would I try again? I think, 
I think I would keep. I think I would keep the pilot in the robot. I think that it's just it's so hard for me to give that up. It's so cool the the concept that like it's somebody's job out there to be a giant robot pilot is like mm-hmm. like no teenage boy has a poster of a drone like a predator drone on right. their wall but they do have like you know an F22 lightning right you know right. cuz like in a the machine. Fighter pilot is cool a drone pilot is not cool so <laughs> It's yeah. really hard for me to give that up, but I think I think what I would do is make the robot. Uh, first of all, only one pilot mm-hmm. uh, in the robot, not two, and hopefully cut cost. Hopefully that can cut costs a little bit, and maybe make the robots a little bit smaller, but not a ton smaller. Maybe like maybe like twenty percent smaller. Um, one pilot and. Um, I think it would be, I think I would try to just go really hard, like WWE type stuff, not so much like true fighting, uh, more entertainment, value. Like, more entertainment. And I think one of the big f- faults of what we delivered for our, you know, big duel was that we never really picked a direction and and, you know like our challenge video our challenge video was very wwe yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know we had we had tapes on we had goofy sunglasses there's like flamethrowers in the background you know (laughs) we were characters we were like great like who are these people like it was you know it was all acting and it was like let's just take on these larger than life personas. And I think that worked. And then as we went along, we were kind of like, Oh, this is going to be a, you know, this was going to be like a real fight and we're challenging another country. And, you know, and, and we like told ourselves that we'll like figure it out as we go. Uh, I think it was just like too much to bite off. Like it was just too yeah. much. to bite off. And I think, and so, some people, like, nobody really knew what to expect, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, Those first which, times which, have been done like that. Yeah. Nobody's ever done something like that. And I think we maybe, um, like, people, people had the ability to just sort of, like, make up whatever expectations they wanted in their mind because we didn't really give them much to work with, you know? It was, like, we were making these YouTube videos and, like, they were pretty well-produced and we were... We kind of got more serious as the videos went along. We were, like, this is, you know, this is how we're building the robot. There's, like, real technology behind this. You know, here's the software. Here's the real weapons. And, you know, truth be told, that's all real. But it kind of got more and more serious and I think people just didn't know like what is this is this wwe or is this real or like whatever like i don't really know and i think we should have just i think we should have just like really hammed it up and mm-hmm. um um you know like yeah pilots pilots should have like <laughs> like at the fight like 
I don't know, someone should have like jumped out of their robot and like climbed onto the other one and like ripped the other person out and started punching them or say, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it should have just been, it should have been like, it should have been like demonstrate that the robots are capable of real damage. Like they're, they're real and they're powerful, but we just weren't, I just don't think we were ready for like a, a true, and a rule set that produces right. an entertaining fight. I, I don't think that was there yet. And I think we should have just like, okay, we have big, we have big crazy things that are fun to watch. Let's just make something that's fun and let's make it clear that like, we're not trying to like pull one over on anybody. Like it is just, it's just entertainment for now. Right. You know, uh, is but it can some... evolve into something, you know, if, if you, would you, um, do you think that challenging Karatos was a, was a good idea, or do you think that if you could do it again, you probably have gone a different route? No, that was definitely a really good idea. I mean, that's what put us on the map, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it came with a huge set of problems that we had difficulty addressing. Um, the big problem is, like, um, the big problem was that uh, you have two parties uh, um, who speak two different languages on two different sides of the world, and you're trying to like come up with the creative of the fight. Like, what right. does this thing look like? What's the end vision? What does each group kind of want to get out of this? And there was just so many mis- mismatches on like all of these levels. For example. We had, um, we probably had like six different TV networks that wanted to buy this and put it on TV. Oh, wow. Uh, oh. Sci-Fi, Discovery Channel, History Channel, National Geographic, Red Bull, uh, like, oh, I don't know. There's more. They were all calling us. We were having meetings with them. Wow. Um, uh, but the issue we always came to was like, they're like, okay, it's great that you agree. And they're like, what do the Japanese guys think? Like, are they going to agree? And we couldn't speak for them at all. Right. And um, it turns out that the Japanese guys were like, no, we don't want this on TV. Really? We just want to make a YouTube video. Why didn't they want it on TV? Um, I think they just had bad experience with, I don't know, the press and media before, and they are just very hesitant to to work with them i mean they eventually they were just like we refuse to sign any agreement with any american media company period that's too bad so they just wouldn't even they wouldn't even have the conversation and you can't sell half of a fight it turns out so it was just like we got stuck in the spot where it's like okay i guess megabots has to just front all the money and produce this thing ourselves and uh, you know we just didn't have a lot of experience doing that and yeah i don't know and i saw that the video where you broke down the um, the fight video which is super good by the way for those of you listening if you haven't seen it check it out i think it's on your youtube megabots youtube channel i take it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i think if you type what did i title that how it was like how fake was the giant robot duel or something yeah, yeah i think something so like that. 
<laughs> it was super informative. But one of the th- things that I, I think I kind of took away from that was Karatas, it seemed like it was more of a show robot. Whereas, like, look at this cool giant robot that walks around, you know, that, that looks like he can fight. Whereas you guys were the, the actual, I mean, you, you built them to fight. That was, like, your whole thing. Is that yeah. The- Iron Glory, our first robot, or kind of what evolved into our first robot, um, was made to, it was kind of made to like take hits, I guess, and it could shoot stuff, but it was never really made to, for like melee combat. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagle Prime was, <laughs> like we built that thing to, to, uh, literally, I think the spec was it should be able to lift up a Ford Focus with like one hand in the air. Like that's what we designed it to. <laughs> it should be able to lift up a car, and <laughs> pretty much everything. And it's sh- you know it should be able to like fall over. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Eagle Prime has never fallen over. Um, uh, I, I guess I'm yeah. Gonna- brings up the question like how does one go about designing and building a, a giant robot like is it is it one of those piecemeal things where it's like oh you know let's work on the legs and let, let, let's see what we can do after that and build like there's more something where you had like a plan beforehead full spec sheets catted it up and then built it that way like how did you even go about something so huge yeah i think the one big trick is um for all of you out there that are thinking about building a giant robot, um, the one super great tip I have is hire an artist mm. to draw a robot for you and then sit down with them. And this is what we did for our robots. We, we hired a guy... I, guy that used to do concept actually still does i think does concept art for the mech warrior video games um and we like flew him out to (laughs) sit down in our kitchen and we were just like all right uh start drawing a robot and we would draw and every couple hours we would check in and we'd be like oh yeah we can't like that's not big enough to fit a person or like you got to make that arm a little bigger because like hydraulic cylinder won't fit there and like how does that knee actually actuate and you know and so we kind of like the engineers would go back and forth with the artist and we would just kind of sit there and you know cross our arms and be like you can't build that you got to make that a little wider or this has to be reinforced or whatever and then he would you know erase parts and he would add a little more and we just kind of go back and forth and it took about three days for each robot and at the end of three days we would have something that looked cool because an artist drew it and could like uh, you could get it like close to actually like building uh building what what the concept art shows so the concept art has and you guys can like look at all our concept art or whatever it's on the internet somewhere maybe on our kickstarter page is a good a good example uh-huh. um but you can see that like the robots we built it's like it doesn't have all the cool like little rocket pods and lights and weird mm-hmm. little nooks and crannies and armor panels and stuff as the concept art but kind of have the same general yeah. idea. 
So yeah, we take the concept art and we have the artist draw like orthogonals, um, which is just like straight, you know, straight on view and straight you know, side view. Um, and then we just import that into a CAD program and we just start laying, uh, like steel shapes down for the outer structure. And then you kind of have the general outer structure and you, uh, take a, take a human form in the CAD program and you kind of like plop it onto the torso <laughs> and then you just sort of like build around it. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That is really, that is a really good tip. I never would have thought that makes Sense. Getting an artist. Yeah, because yeah, the thing helps. is, engineers are just t like they'll just never admit it, but they're just not very uh, aesthetic. You know, just, I that. <laughs> so <you know>. true. <laughs> like, oh, build this giant robot. Like, it's just going to be a big like square on wheels or something. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Well, what was one of like the the highest point in this whole whole thing? Like biggest thing, like top of the mountain. What what, what was that? Um, Jesus. Uh, or maybe a couple. If, if there's more than one. Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was really nuts to go. To like, probably like when the, when the Sudabashi like response video came out and the whole world suddenly realized like, oh, this is on. <laughs> um, that was probably like the first big, like, oh my God, this is like a potentially crazy life changing thing. Um, because people, it went like really viral. I mean, it was crazy. It was on, like all these news channels and we were my I just remember the craziest thing was just like I would wake up in the morning and my phone was just vibrating it sounded like it was ringing it, but it was not ringing it was just like the notifications firing and the notifications were all emails from like it would be like CNN and like popular mechanics and like you know Engadget and you know NPR and it was just like, they were just coming in like that fast. Crazy. <laughs> wow. And for like two weeks, there was three of us at the time Two for like two weeks, we were just on the phone taking interviews with like these crazy big media companies and everybody wanted to talk to us. And it was really nuts to be able to like, you could just, what I felt like, you know, we were living in the Bay Area, so yeah, we're a little bit in the bubble and people are into that kind of stuff over here more. But mm -hmm. you could just like walk up to, you could just walk up to almost anyone on the street and probably like, probably like a fifth of them had heard of it. That's you could just be like, you just mentioned like, oh, USA versus Canada, giant robot duel. And like a fifth of the people would be like, oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that's you? Like, holy shit, man, that's awesome. You know? Oh, that's and uh, it, yeah, it was like, it was just, it's just so crazy. And it's funny because, um, you know, the YouTube video, I don't know what the YouTube video is at, the challenge video, whatever. I think it's probably like eight, seven, eight million views now or something. But um 
the I mean the headlines was like way bigger than that. Like just mm. like the headlines and the thumbnails and like the stories about it that were going around. I mean, we were on the front page of Reddit like a couple times, I think. Oh and, nice. uh, Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was nuts, you know, trending on YouTube. Um so that was definitely like one of the moments. Um from like a holy shit this robot actually works uh moment probably like the first arms test of like um lifting a car up in the mm. air with the robot arms like the, yeah when the robot was like it was kind of on this weird test stand we called it the tower of death but basically we took the upper half of the robot and we just like bolted it to the top of this like big steel tower and like put some wheels on the tower so you can you could kind of like wheel it around and the cockpit was up at like the height it was going to be at when it was on the robot and so you could eyeball it and you could be like yeah that's how high the cockpit's going to be um but yeah when we fired that engine up and really you know hit the button like play the animation uh and it picked up the car. It was like, oh, my God, this thing, like, yeah, it's real. <laughs> oh, what a fantastic I, moment to have. Yeah. Finally going from that concept, the idea, all the way up to, you know, the working on it for, I, I can only imagine how many hours you put into trying to, to development time and uh, building yeah. time. And then finally having that final product and it actually works. How, yeah, yeah. How, how long was the build time? Like, you must have been working on that. What twenty four seven almost? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think the worst. No, the worst right, for like. Be- better question than that. What would you say is the the wor- the robot to business balance that you had? Oh, well, when it, the it was a little more like. Yeah, it was a little more like 50-50 when we were doing, when we were building Iron Glory. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time it was a very small team. Uh, um, like three people or something. And we had to build the robot ourselves. Uh, the, probably the peak of like terrible sleep schedule, staying up super late, just like building and waking up and building and waking up and just answering emails in between with like, greasy hands and whatever that was when we were building iron glory before um like our first big appearance at maker fair by the time we were building eagle prime we had hired a engineering team so i did honestly i did i think i did zero engineering work on uh eagle prime oh. uh, um i i mean i did all like the electronics and the software and stuff on iron glory which was a lot simpler granted but you know whatever there was some stuff there um but yeah by the time we were building eagle prime i had i had pretty much removed myself from engineering and was mostly just focused on like business development and sales and media and just like trying to get the videos produced and stuff like that um there's just so much of that. The mm. truth is, I mean, I don't know if this is, <laughs> it's like, I think, I mean, I realized that 
my engineering skills are pretty replaceable, mm-hmm. um, which I guess takes some amount of self-awareness. But like, I'm not a. F- or maybe this is inspiring to people, but like, I'm not a fantastic electrical engineer. I'm okay. <laughs> like, you know, I can hack some stuff together, whatever. Like, it's good. En- it's good enough. Right. Um, but I mean, we ha- the the engineer we ha- the electrical engineer we hired Miles. He's you know, he's way better than me. I mean, he builds battle bots and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, he's got he's got more experience and. Yeah, pretty much anyone with an electrical engineering uh, uh, master's degree is going to do as good or better of a job than me. It's not like, it, you know, I'm not some, like, crazy Tony Stark person. Right. And I think that's um, something awesome that kind of helps people to understand that you don't have to be a, a master profession at whatever the... You totally is. don't. You can yeah, just jump into stuff yeah, and you learn as you go. Yeah, that's a great point. You don't have to be some crazy Tony Stark person to do this. Um, it's really just, yeah, it's like you just one piece at a time and it's just like building construction equipment. That's really about as complicated as it is. It's not, you know, at the end of the day, the robots look like this big, crazy, cool science fiction thing, but that's just because we've sort of been programmed to do it by movies and video games or whatever over the years. But it's just... Mm. Honestly, it's just construction equipment. It's like a tractor. It's a farm, you know, it's a farm <laughs> piece of farm equipment that's shaped differently. Oh, that's just, yeah. That's what, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's kind of what I've been trying to, you know, communicate. Last month, we focused on space and we, we talked to uh, people who work in the open source small satellite community. Incredible people. But, like, the same, same principle applies there, right? Like, you don't have to be rocket science to, you know, build a small satellite or work on this stuff. You just, you have to be interested. You have to have the drive and, you know, going to mess up. You're going to make failures, but it, it, it doesn't require some special. <laughs> right. You don't have to get right the first yeah. time. You do your revisions, te- yeah. do a lot of testing, and then eventually after, you know, a while of development and building, like you got a yeah. product that you've learned on. You've le- That's how you really get your experience is you just got to get in there and build it. Yep. Yeah, and that was kind of one of some of the magic of Megabots was like you you'd like look at the robot all together and you'd be like, oh my god, that's like a crazy science fiction robot. But then you step closer and you're like, oh, that's just like that's just like a bolt from like Home Depot, and that guy over there, he's just got like a <laughs> hand drill and like a hammer, and that guy's just got like a you know, it's like a pallet jack, and that's a you know, something you'd jack your car up with. And that's that over there is like a, just a normal oil filter you'd find at AutoZone. And, you know, like the closer you get to the robot, you realize it's just a bunch of stuff that already exists. Like it's not crazy science fiction. And, exactly. uh, you know, like it, that's just construction equipment. Like, and so it made it so much more uh, like the dream just sort of put in front of people's faces like you can just build this stuff with today's technology i don't know absolutely <laughs> it's so inspiring gosh i want to build a giant robot now <laughs> <laughs> do it with somebody else's money that's my recommendation <laughs> <laughs> best advice i own. best advice i've heard all day <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a big thing <laughs> Do, do you ever encounter like 
in, in, in the whole like uh, whole thing. Do you ever encounter like common misunderstandings people had about megabots? Like, like or, or do you ever have one of those? Yeah, yeah. 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 The most common, the most annoying that I'll never ever get rid of is when people see it and they immediately go like. Is the, the military is this is gonna be the military is gonna take this and they're gonna make big war machines and why don't you sell this to the military? Uh, and uh, no matter, I just cannot get it. Just that's just everybody's reaction. And the honest, so truth, the honest truth is like a tank is gonna destroy these things ten times out of ten. Guarantee you know, your money a tank back. Is built to be. You know, low to the ground, which is you want something low that doesn't tip over easily, yeah. has a small side profile, so it's hard to hit with like an RPG. And you know, it's such a normie thing to say, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and so uh, it's just the damn you know years, decades, and decades of science fiction movies that tell us that in the future all governments have big war machines that are giant robots like it's just that's the narrative all right so everyone believes it but nobody stops to think like why the hell would you buy why would you build this big wobbly tippy thing that is you know just like it makes no sense when you start to think about it all right exactly. uh, they do look cool they do look cool the second which is a close second is um could you they're like you should rent it out for movies. Like people should pay you to have it in movies, um, which is like a little more understandable that someone suggests that. But it's just not how Hollywood yeah. works. Nobody, yeah. no. Like if I'm Michael Bay and I'm like I'm gonna make a Transformers movie, like what am I gonna do? Am I gonna pay somebody else to have their like? I'm not gonna make a commercial for somebody else's robot. Like, right. They can pay me to put their robot in my giant commercial mm-hmm. you know like michael bay is going to get paid <laughs> to like yeah. have something in this movie mm-hmm. um and second of all you know it's with cgi you can have a robot that you know jumps into the sky and grabs a helicopter and you know throws it like a football whereas and continues the myth of giant fighting yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so just like it's just these you know those couple of things that are just like People see the robot, and it's this knee-jerk reaction, and I guess it's understandable, but they're just completely <laughs> irrational. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Glavin and I, we've, we've had our conversations about how ridiculous the whole idea of, like, giant fighting robots really is. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean and, like, your robot, I mean, it, it was incredible. I mean, I, no doubts about that. But... It didn't. It didn't walk, right? Like, imagine if if you added that extra step of walking. I mean, ima- oh like that is so ridiculous. Yeah, you definitely went the right route with having treads. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I've I've watched yeah, a lot I mean... of Boston Dynamics and what's going on with just the what's required to get a bipedal machine walking. Like, I've actually gone to Honda and seen uh they have their. Uh, I can't remember the name of the robot that they have there. But, I mean... Asimo. Just, Asimo, yeah. And it's just it's so much work just to get it a two-legged thing. Even though it's small, smaller than a person, like, just to get it to walk. I mean, it's just so much programming and uh, sensors that are required for that. It just makes it astronomical just to make 
uh, of a, a goal to achieve versus just having it on treads or having it at least quadrupedal makes it significantly easier, but it's still hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, I I think I do think it's possible. Um, and you know, there's that company in uh, South Korea that's got. Uh, I think they're. I think they're maybe bankrupt now, but um, Hankook Murray Technologies. They built like the method, method two or method three or whatever. Um, uh, it's possible, although I don't think they're. I don't think their robots are dynamically stable. I think. I think they're just sort of like playing an animation, and they're just sort of chained to the ceiling. And like, if you put like a rock in front of it, it would not know how to handle it. It would probably mm. just step on it and lose balance and tip over. I think. I think it's not dynamically stable. I think it's just playing an animation in its legs. But um yeah, I think it's possible. It's the it's the the reason we didn't do it, I mean cost for sure, but mostly it was like the power we weren't sure how to get past the power density calculations because the robot was so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um I think we needed <laughs> I think it was something like we needed like a hundred or fifteen hundred horsepower per leg or something is what we calculated it <laughs> to get like fast enough response time to, for the robot to be able to catch its balance dynamically or something. Anyways, we just couldn't get the power. Like there was no, I don't know. Like you get like a crazy turbine engine in each leg or something like that. We just couldn't figure out how to get the yeah, uh, just a nuclear reactor on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So nuclear reactor fighting robot. I mean what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So Don't sit too close yeah, now. I think it's possible you'd have to make the robot a lot lighter. Um mm-hmm. so you wouldn't need as much power. Uh um but yeah, this the smaller robots are a little easier. Well, I, well yeah. in some sense they're they're harder because you need the you need the sensors and the control system to react faster because they tip they tip over faster. Yeah. Um, like a big t- a tall like if you take a big tall broom, a broom is easier to bounce on your fingertips than a ruler is. By far. So <laughs> if, you think, if you think about it that way, you have longer time to react if your robot is big and tall, but you need a lot more power. The power is the problem. With the smaller robots like Boston Dynamics, um, it's not so much power. It's uh, it's just more like sensor reaction time and. Yep. That's kind of stuff. Exactly. Wow. I, it makes sense. Like, well, you also, it that way. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Plus, you got the whole square cube law thing going on, too. So, I mean, like... Yeah. <laughs> and the square cube law is what causes you to have that ridiculous power requirement. Exactly. Like, oh. Yeah. That, that would be... Like, if, if it was, like, technical... Like, if you could get past all those technical barriers magically say would you would you have like had the walking robots or do you think that like the the treads is just a better decision in general no we definitely i mean all our concept art had legs well robots mm. had legs we definitely wanted I, of course if you want a walking robot that's you know that's what the that's what the science fiction has promised us and so we were kind of working towards that but um yeah, it, it just kind of got to the point where it's like we gotta, we actually have to, we actually have to like build the robot in a year's time frame. So you know, like, how are we gonna do that? Well, we're just gonna put some goddamn treads on the thing. <laughs> wrap this up. But one one last question: How do you project manage something like a robot? 
Like, do you use like the similar uh, principles that you would in like a, a normal um, like software setting? Like, would you use agile, lean, that sort of stuff, or do you just completely go off the rails and kind of do your own management philosophy? Um, yeah, it was agile for the software. Um, um, for the kind of at a higher level, it was mostly. It was mostly like we just got a big calendar and like put it on the wall and we started with the date of the duel and we just sort of worked back and we were like, okay, what are the major subsystems that need to be done at certain points to integrate uh, um, on the robot? And so we just sort of worked backwards and we're like, okay, well, you know, However many months before shipping, we have to have the whole robot, you know, we got to be tuning the robot for the last two months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, two months back, the whole robot needs to be integrated. And then prior to that, it's like, you know, it's kind of like how the YouTube videos are laid out. So the first would be like, you know, um, God, what was the first subsystem we did? I guess the track base. Track base gets done first. Then the, you know, the legs go on top of it. We test the weapons. We, you know, do the cockpit, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just put all of those on calendars and we just worked backwards from there and had um, integration milestones that also correlated to um, YouTube video launch dates. So it was like partially okay. like, and then you'd have to, um, kind of integrate that with your video launch schedule too, your video production, mm -hmm. all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So that was like a whole other yeah. layer. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more systems. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that must have been <laughs> such an incredible journey. Like, oh. and so you're you're still keeping on the dream, right? Like you're, you're still, Megabots is still technically a thing, right? Yeah, so the state right now, like the, the, the corporate entity is dissolved. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no, Delaware C Corp, you know, whatever, Megabots Inc. anymore. But um, I bought the social media channels and the domain name and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I would like to I would like to come back to building giant robots, but I just need to figure out how to make it sustainable. The, biz, the business model I'm trying to toy with right now is um, like, OK, so I'll kind of walk you through it. I get... I get requests from sponsors in my email uh, probably like once a week. Someone emails me and says like, hey, will you promote this mobile game or this VPN service or whatever? And, you know, budgets around like 1200 bucks. So my I'm like, can I take that 1200 bucks and then can I pay some other shop? I have a bunch of friends with shops around, you know, like maker spaces, whatever, you know, like there's all these people around the country that have a shop, they have tools, they love building stuff, but they have no way to monetize it. So can I take that $1,200 and can I just pay somebody else to build something cool? Uh, maybe it's not a giant robot, but it's something cool and they build it. And then I make a video about it and I put it on the channel mm. and then that, and then so, and the that grows the channel a little bit. And then I have like four shops doing that and then eight shops doing that. And so eventually you can kind of get like 
you know, eight videos per month to come out right. because like all these people are building stuff and they're getting paid by the sponsors. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to keep a release schedule of like eight videos a month, like that grows a YouTube channel. What doesn't grow a YouTube channel is like one team releasing one video per month. Right. right. Uh, you just need a consistent stream of content. So can I get like eight different shops building stuff and I'm just basically forwarding the sponsorship money to them and, and they're doing all the building and I'm just producing the content and growing the channel. And as the channel grows, those budgets go from like $1,200 to 2000 to 4000 to 8000 to 10000 to 20000 And eventually you have a channel or like a, you know, social media, you know, like a media company effectively that can afford to pay, you know, eight, 10, 20 shops to build big and cool things. Yes. Oh yeah. And eventually and, get back to the robots, right? Eventually they can build, you've got your giant robot teams. Nice. Yeah. I love that idea. <laughs> I love that. Idea. That, is, that is brilliant. It's like bootstrapping to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're so yeah, so they're not gonna be building giant robots at first, but I'm right. wondering like you know, I think there's a path to work back towards it. Right. And it also be more sustainable, right? Because you aren't gonna be dependent as well probably hopefully, right? You aren't gonna be as dependent on venture capital and you know, invest at the whim of, of investors in the market. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Then you, you don't have to take on venture capital. It's a thing that, you know, is grown. And, you know, by the time it can support these bigger budgets, you've got a huge audience and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, you look, I'm sure you guys follow the Hacksmith and he's building mm -hmm. the, those guys are building the power loader. Um, and so, you know, they have a, they have budgets to cut, like, they have budgets to kind of get there. I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that this is a better way to do it because, you know, there it's it's tough for like one shop to keep releasing a bunch of content. Oh yeah, on, you know, schedule. Um, that's like, yeah, that's something that we've kind of run in. I mean, on a much smaller level, but you know, a lot of us have our own YouTube channels, but none of them are very popular because. You know, we, we just don't have that. And also, if you if you're a single shop, what I love that is if you're you are a single um like producer, um yeah. you can focus on things like optimizing the algorithm, on production quality, on you know, way more than you know any one person. Yeah. So if you have these individual teams, they can you know they can take their time and they can just build one thing per month or whatever. But um because you have because you have a bunch of them they're all working together to grow this sort of like one YouTube channel that sort of benefits from, from the scale of a lot of content. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know. So that's, so that's kind of what I'm toying with. Um, we're, I'm actually going to be filming on Sunday for kind of the first test of this. I've got some friends oh, that are cool. building the first project. We're going to see how it goes. I mean, I think some of the risks are like, uh, you know, if you like send a shop 1200 bucks, like, are they really going to build something that's cool? You know, like cool enough to watch. Is it going to be attention grabbing? I don't know. There's a bunch of kinks to work out. It may not work, but I think it's a good uh, idea to start off with. Yeah. I think it's got potential. So, so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll build a few projects and we'll see how it goes. And 
you know, maybe have to tweak it. But um, yeah, it's in motion. We're, I don't know, we're, we're trying it. If it works well, I'll, I'll put a thing on the website and be like, okay, you know, we're taking applications for like, who, who wants to just get paid to build cool shit? <laughs> you know, apply here and we'll just start sending money your way and like give us footage. Man, this might be right up my alley. <laughs> See, everybody's gonna want to do it. <laughs> so, do, do you have any? So, I, I think you have the Megabox YouTube channel, but anything else you want to plug? Or um, yeah. Let's see. YouTube channel. Yeah, YouTube channel. Instagram. The Twitter. I don't give a shit about Twitter. Um, I have a TikTok now, which honestly has blow. Is almost. And really? It's crazy. It's cr- TikTok is. TikTok is madness. Uh, I only have a personal account. It's at Build and Break. Um, Megabots is already taken by some, I don't know, person who posted like one thing. But yeah, my, uh, man, I posted like probably like six videos on TikTok and I think I'm up to like 118,000 followers or something like that. I mean, it is crazy. The last thing I posted on TikTok like got 70,000 extra followers. It's like wow. it's a, you know, freaking. 15 second video uh, 60 second video it's crazy like i made it in an afternoon and i'm like god it's like it's kind of i don't know like is it yeah. i don't know disappointing or something it's like man i just like kind of shout out this like 60 second bullshit video or whatever and it's like <laughs> way bigger audience that you know right. like, and weeks on a youtube video and it gets me like i don't know two thousand followers or something like that and then i just like post something on tiktok it's like Crazy, crazy yeah. or breach. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get TikTok. Like it's, it's like the, I don't want to believe in the idea of a TikTok, right? Like the idea uh, that humanity is at such a low point that we are spending <laughs> our time watching people. Like what was it? Mostly dance videos. I feel like is on TikTok. Like, yeah, I th- yeah, I think it kind of used to be a lot more like that. I I think you know I think you'll see it evolve more into like there's kind of something for everybody on there. But for sure, I mean when you f- so basically when you first hop on for those of you who have not used TikTok, uh, basically when you basically when you first hop on, they ha- they just don't know what to show you. It's kind of like it's kind of like immature in the sense that like. You post, and your post just goes to everybody. Like, potentially everybody can see your post. And it's crazy AI system, whatever, just tries to get your content to whoever, you know, is going to react to it or engage with it. So, my, so like, when you first hop on, it knows nothing about you. So it's going to give you, like, the lowest common denominator, you know, what does every, what does everybody love? Hot girls. That's, you know, like, it's a, you know, right. <laughs> female, straight, gay, it doesn't matter. Everybody just likes to look at hot girls. So it's just going to show you, like, pretty girls dancing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you start liking that, then it'll show you more of that. If you don't click like on that and you scroll past it and you find, like, I don't know, the crazy, like, cartooner guys or, like, the, you know, personal finance geeks or what, you know, like, like there's all that stuff on there too. The like DIY builder people. And that's all on there too. It's just, you gotta like, you gotta kind of like get past all the bullshit that it just sort of shows you when it doesn't know what you'll like. That that makes sense. That's kind of my experience with it. But, uh, 
Yeah, and that's aside from the whole like, is this just like a big spyware thing from China? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, that's the that's the other thing in my mind. Like, started in China. It's like the coronavirus yeah. for social media. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, who? I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. I'm not an expert enough to speak on that, so I don't even want to speculate. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? There. <laughs> spying on me. Well, thank you so much for for hopping on the show. I mean, I I learned so much. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> Always fun to talk about. And uh, yeah, follow along. Oh, also, you can go to the website megabots.com and uh, punch your email address in. There'll be a little pop up that pops up. You can punch your email address in, and you'll be on our uh, email list to get notified when new stuff happens. I I haven't done that. I will I will do that as soon as we're done here. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, Thanks for being on the show, and wherever you guys are, whatever your project you're working on, remember to keep things janky to the max.